Thanks for joining in to the Behavior Chef podcast, helpful conversations around healthful behavior. I'm Clint Evans, your host, and without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to podcast episode 17 of the Behavior Chef podcast. This is the podcast that centers around healthful behavior and helpful conversations. I am here today with uh, a lady with a bunch of of letters after her name, and they all mean we're going to help you with your nutrition. This is uh, coach and aspiring chef Shelly Loving. Shelly, introduce yourself and, and tell our audience a little bit about you. Hey, thank you so much for having me. This is going to be fun. Uh, my name is Shelly Loving. I live in Texas. I live in North Texas and I'm born and raised here, actually. But yeah, so I am a nutrition chef. My title is actually culinary nutrition expert, which is super long and boring. So I just like to make it short and sweet with nutrition chef, but I don't cook for other people. Um, I don't go to people's houses or cook at a restaurant. My whole thing is food education and inspiring, motivating and encouraging other people to get in their own kitchen and cook just a little bit healthier. Um, I believe our health starts in the kitchen, not in the doctor's office. So yeah, the reason that I do what I do is just a quick story. I tell this story a lot, but it's the pillar for which I built my business. I didn't have no idea that I wanted to do this my entire life until I was in my forties. Uh, my husband had a massive heart attack on Super Bowl Sunday. It was 2014. And uh, he woke up, didn't feel right. Long story short, he was 41 years old and was having a massive heart attack and didn't know it. Um, he had a 100% blockage in his left circumflex artery, which is they call the widow maker. People hear that phrase a lot. And the reason they call it that is because you don't get the typical signs. You don't get the arm numbness or the chest pain and stuff like that. So that's why so many people die from, from the widow maker blockage. And my husband was lucky and blessed enough to get a second shot at life. It had it not been Super Bowl Sunday and we weren't home and I wasn't, you know, stalking him and seeing what the heck was wrong with him. He probably wouldn't be here today because he would have been in his truck working and he wouldn't have stopped to go to the doctor. And so, um, everything happens for a reason. And that is the reason it catapulted me into changing what we ate immediately. Um, I thought we're so young and we're so blessed to get a second shot at life together that things have to change immediately. So I got on Google just enough to be dangerous. Uh, I didn't like some of the things that I read. I didn't believe some of the things I read. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to go and learn some things. So I attended a couple of schools and four years later, I made it a career because my husband is now so healthy, healthier than he's ever been in his life. He has the cardiovascular system of a 33-year-old now, he's been told. He had some cellular level tests done and he's 48. So his cardiologist on his last EKG said, you're in the 1% of my patients. I can't even tell that you had a heart attack. You're, you have reversed the damage to your heart. How did you do it? And my husband said, well, my wife's been feeding me good food. My husband is a very simple, hilarious, funny Southern man, a man of few words. And he said, well, my husband feeds me. I mean, my wife feeds me good food. And uh, the doctor said, well, can I have her card? because cardiologists are not given nutrition education in medical school. They get nine hours and um, it's not their fault. They don't know what they don't know. They're, they're used to giving medication and telling you to eat a heart healthy diet. And they don't even know what that is. So now that my husband's healthy and what the weirdest thing is, I didn't realize that I was sick too. So when I was feeding him these wonderful foods after going to school and learning about how to eat, I was feeding myself these foods And then miraculously, I had all of these little symptoms go away that I had no idea that I've been dealing with my whole life. I just thought that's how I'm made. 
That's how my body's supposed to be. I'm supposed to feel fatigue at 3 p.m. I'm supposed to get headaches every day. Uh, my stomach is supposed to cramp every time I eat certain foods. And so all of these symptoms went away and I have never felt better in my life. So I thought, okay, if I can make help him feel better and heal his heart through food, and I can make myself feel better and not even know I was sick, I've got a passion and I want to share this with as many people as possible. So that's why I do what I do. And now I just virtually help people cook healthier is basically why I do what I do is because my husband is so healthy now and I've never felt better. So that's probably the main reason because I can physically see and feel a difference. People tell me all the time, Shelly, you look so great. And I'm not, I'm not boasting. It's people that have known me since they were, since I was five and it's all because of how I eat. It shows on the outside. When you are healthy on the inside, you exude it on the outside. Oh, I love that. Um, what a great poster story. Um, and, you know, if you, if you need a testimonial for your business, it's in your own house. Yeah, it really is. Uh, <laughs> that's so awesome. I'm, and this is the kind of passion that I want to bring to this platform to people is, um, you know, clearly there's a business around it, right? We're, we're all money makes the world go around. Um, and I think this is what differentiates our type of, of coach, um, or whatever you want to label yourself, you know, nutritional, we like to call ourselves nutritional behavior specialists here. And so, um, you know, we, what differentiates our type of, of people that we like to keep in our circles versus influencers. Right. Um, and I could go on this rant forever, which I'm sure all of us could. Um, we were kind of talking about it before we recorded, but one of the biggest things is um, you, you buy the gimmick lie of, you know, I can look like this 21 year old in 12 weeks if I eat this way or whatever. And, you know, nobody or take their, take this product. That's the biggest one. Put yeah, this powder in my coffee. Yeah. Yes. And you don't know what's in it. You don't know what it does to your system. You know, again, we could go out on this, down this rabbit hole forever, but just to hear that story, listen, I was in a, an everyday uh, every man, every woman type of situation where, you know, we thought we were okay, but we didn't know what we didn't know until we knew it. <laughs> so I say that every day, you don't know yeah, what you don't know. That's exactly it. And if we would, if we would be able to approach life in that regard for people, I think the world would be such a better place. Amen. You know, um, and again, that's probably another spinoff podcast right there, but um, <laughs> where you're at now is where people want to be. Um, people yeah. that are going to be listening to this episode, if you're listening right now and you heard Shelly say, um, you know, I, I feel better than I ever have in my life. And it's because of what I eat and you're in the car or whatever you're doing. And you're thinking to yourself, I've been trying to get there for years. Uh, you know, I've tried it now. We're just at the new year, right? Resolutions. If you know the the statistics on them, uh, you know, over half of them are, are have failed already. Yep. Um, statistically. Um, 80% of them will be done, uh, within the end of the month, yep. if not early next month. I mean, statistics suggest that resolutions don't work and behaviorally speaking, we know that's because we make a lofty goal. We can't attain, right. right. We, we literally bite off more than we can chew, um, in, in our behavior change. So, you know, we want to go from, uh, I want to, uh, the biggest one, I think what the biggest ones are losing weight, uh, being better with money and, and, uh, stopping a, a habit like drinking or smoking, something like yep. that. Those seem to be like the top three and they never work. And people always wonder, or not, I won't say never, I don't want to paint that broad of a brush, but people wonder why. And it's, it's the reason why we're here today to talk about it. So if you're listening, perk up because we're <laughs> going to talk about, um, it, it's, it's nothing revolutionary. It's really, you're going to think about, you're going to listen to this and go, well, that's not like a hot take. It's, and that's the thing. Life isn't about hot takes. That's social media. Um, hot takes don't work. They're hot takes. They cool off. 
but uh, what works is sustainable behavior change. Small, small changes, incremental changes. Yes. Baby steps. That's it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. It wins the race, doesn't it? Exactly. Absolutely. 100% every time. Consistency, but small. Yes. Small changes. Today, we're going to jump in and I'm going to give Shelly the floor. Um, You know, walk us us through that process, Shelly. If you're working with a client, um, and I know just to give the the brush, you know, I know your main demographic uh, is is primarily uh, ladies, right? Uh, It is. And and this goes for anybody. There's no demographic. uh, Oh, for sure. No. You know, just naturally, because I talk about food and cooking so much and, yeah. and demographically more women cook than men. So that's, I think that's naturally why women are more drawn to my services, but sure. I, I, I am not, uh, um, pray to a certain gender at all. I just, that's right. just generally who is attracted to my services because women cook more. <laughs> sure. yeah. yeah. And, and the only reason I bring that up is in case, you know, someone is listening, gets to kind of hear where your expertise really lies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't mean to paint any brush again there either. I just wanted to, Heck no. you know, to highlight what, what your expertise is, is, is helping that demographic. So, uh, and obviously the, op- anything that you offer doesn't just stop at that demographic. It goes, you know, for every human, we all have behaviors. We all do things. And we all uh, have to eat. That's right. I always say <laughs> the most universal behavior in human history is eating a meal. Yep. Um, you know, that brings 100% up. agree. Everybody does it. And so let's talk about it. Let's talk. How yeah, are I'm you? Just- Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I I didn't mean to. We're both excited. (laughs) No, I'm just excited. I just want to um, open people's minds to getting back to the simple things of eating and um, trying to get rid of the rules and the restrictions and the shame and the guilt and and shift the mindset to it's a privilege and it's an honor. And every time we eat, I want it to be intentional. I want, I don't want somebody to stand up at the counter or eat in their car and be multitasking. And it's intentional because what we're eating is directly telling our body how to act. It's directly telling our body how to feel. It's directly telling our immune system how to function. And so I want people to honor their bodies by just eating. And I'm not talking about being vegan or or vegetarian or going on the keto diet, or I'm just talking about honoring your body to recognize the foods that you put in your mouth. Uh, if you can do that 80% of the time you are winning and you're, you're going to see big change. So that's my big umbrella philosophy is just keep it really simple and recognize the food that you eat and be aware of what you're putting in your body, because those are the tools that you're giving your body to function at its best capacity. That's awesome. Now let's dive into that 80% rule you were talking about. This is going to blow a lot of people's minds because I know exactly where you're coming from, where when we talk about dieting, yeah. uh, you know, I, I've worked with clients before that ask about cheat meals. Ugh, uh, I, I hate that I, word. I hate that I, phrase. I, I, I do too. Uh, now I'm, I'm used to it myself because I've used it for myself for so long um, yeah. and, it, and it promotes this idea of binge restrict. It does. Uh, it absolutely does. And so uh, I, you know, I don't really disparage people if they want to use it for them and they're okay with it. That's fine. But I like to change the philosophy behind it where it's not a, it's not a cheat. This is your life. We're right. talking about sustainable lifestyle change. So we live by the 80, 20 rule, 80% of the time, if you can stick to whole foods and if there's 20% of the time you want something, you know, not crazy processed, I'm assuming, but you know, if you want to go off the rails a little bit in your mind and have a little bit of something that you want, please do. Um, <laughs> Please reinforce yourself. Please reward yourself. Please listen to your body. If there's a craving, um, 
you know, there's, I know we'll talk about this later, I'm sure too, as signals, there may be something that we're lacking nutritionally. There may be, you know, if we're in tune, we can kind of get that, but sometimes I've had a hard day and I just want a pizza. Absolutely. And that is okay. That is okay to do that. It is okay. Yeah. Because, and I tell people don't, don't think of it as a cheat day or don't plan your cheat days. But what I tell, what I try to encourage people and what works for me is plan your weak moments and it, you don't always plan them. But what I'm saying is if you know, you're going to your buddy's house Saturday night and y'all are going to drink beer and, and eat pizza. Well, on Monday through Friday, feed your body with fuel and give your body those nutrients that you know, you're not going to get Saturday night because you want to have fun and you want to engage and you don't want to, you know, go there and think about eating a salad. It's your, it's life. Everybody gets cravings. Everybody goes to parties. Everybody has hormones, especially women. And it's just give yourself grace. But when you're not having those moments, that's where the important steps lie. And that's where the habits need to come in place. So I just believe like when you're at home, Monday through, let's just say, for example, you have a standard schedule and you work from home Monday through Friday, though it's in the little habits. What are you eating at 3 p.m. when you get that snack and you're off your phone calls? What are you eating right before bed? Uh, what are you sneaking at 5 p.m. before dinner because you're hungry, but you know it's not time to eat? So like those are the moments that really count. And um, it's not it's it's not the. Oh, my gosh, I have to eat healthy all the time. But when you can really focus and know what you're eating, yeah, if that makes I, sense. Oh, absolutely. I like to sum all that up into the phrase intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just the idea that. um you know, I'm going to, like you said, I'm budgeting. I, I call it, for me, it's my budget. You know, I'm, I'm nutritionally budgeting right now. So yep. I know that, that high processed foods are expensive for me. I know what they do to my body. I know what they do. I know that personally, Clint holds water with a bunch of processed carbs. Um, Clint loses weight. And this is going to, this might be a shocker for you. I like to lose weight. That's my biggest thing. I've always struggled with it. It's never been a secret from Behavior Chef beginning that sure. I have been, uh, I'm a success story, but I've always struggled. Weight has been my thing my whole life. So yep. I always go into something with that learning history where for me, it's like, okay, I got to, I got to restrict. I got to, and then, you know, I got to count all these old habits want to come forward when I'm able to recognize my triggers and realize that when I eat like every day for lunch, I eat um, two cups of cooked rice with, uh, with about six ounces of chicken and it's made with, uh, some sort of broth. So there's a little bit of added protein in, but I get to eat rice every single day. I love rice. It's a staple for me. It's a good quality rice. Um, but the, the beauty of it is I'm still losing weight by eating carbs. And this is the exactly this really good intuitive eating versus the influencer type thing. Carbs are not your enemy. We too need many, carbs. Yes, we do. Too many, too many process. Oh, I've talked about, I don't want to contradict myself. I have talked about in other podcasts to where at a macronutrient level, you don't, you don't technically need carbs to survive. No. However, however. Our health needs yes, carbs. Right, right. You're, you're, everything you do needs fuel. So carbs is the most inexpensive me- metabolic fuel that you could get. So if you have the best quality version of it, do not, you could, we could get rid of the guilt attached to it. And uh, same I, I, with fat. Yes. Thank you. We need healthy fats in our diet. Yes. Our brain cannot function without fat. Yes. You know, that's why, you know, again, I know this is, this could be a whole spinoff series, but that's why, <laughs> you know, ketogenesis or the ketogenic diet was originally created was in, uh, as a, a dietary, uh, 
not cure, but uh, a modality to help epileptic patients, specifically yeah. children. You know, and and um, and then you know, of course, it had better other benefits that help people, and it's become a successful modality for what it does. You know, people follow. You talked about it earlier. <laughs> you don't have to follow one thing. Um, nope. You know, you don't have to say I'm paleo or I'm vegan or. And if, if, if that's your, or I'm keto, but if, if this is your choice, this is the beauty. If that's what Absolutely. you want to do, if that's the modality you want to use, and it's not going to be something that rules you, but it's a tool you use, by all means, use it. Agreed. Let's, let's get to a, a naturalistic place. We, we want things to occur naturally. I don't yes, want to, sorry, go ahead. I don't want to get you. No, I would, no with, the, with dieting like that, I always just encourage people to reassess it every six months and say, is it still working for me? Um, you know, you're, so as we age, things change, your work environment changes, your hormones change, your metabolism changes, everything changes, whether it's getting married, having babies, um, going through menopause, whatever it is in the phase that you are in life, you need to reassess. It's a constant journey. You have to reassess it. So don't get it in your head. Oh, I'm going to do Adkins diet for the rest of my life. And you do it for five years when your body may not be ready or your body may not want that anymore. So it just, I just encourage people to always be open-minded to make small changes and always be open-minded to new ideas and new um, ways of changing the way that you eat according to your body and what it needs. Cause it's evolving every day. Absolutely. Shelly, I'm about to give uh, everyone the absolute number one secret to sustainable behavior change and nutrition. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's so this is the hot, if you're listening and you're looking for the hot take, here it is. Fall in love with the journey and forget about the destination. Absolutely. There shouldn't be a destination, honestly, unless you have a health condition and you're trying to, you know, get, get it, get the symptoms down and and cure it. Um, That should definitely be a destination. But once you're there, it's still a journey. It's not over. No, you know, it's, it's always a journey. My, my fear for people that, that really, that outside of medical necessity that discuss destinations, my very first question is then what? Right. You know, then okay. What? Can I just tell you a conversation I had with a friend yesterday? Do it. She, we were texting and she's a dear friend of mine and I love her to death, but she is a, um, she's a yo-yo dieter and, and is always trying the latest and greatest of everything. And we just don't even talk about it because she laughs because she knows she does. And she knows that I don't do that. And I don't teach that. And we're, we're dear friends, but she texted me yesterday and was saying that her and another friend were on this diet and they're, they're not drinking for January. And I said, okay, that's good and all. I said, and then what? In a text, I said those exact words. I said, and then what? And she said, well, then we just do it in moderation. I'm thinking, oh my Lord, here you go. But I love that you said that because that is so true. Like if you have that destination, then what? You know, it's, and it's, that's how it is with, that's how I believe everyone should treat food. It is a journey. And every day that you, you either eat something or binge or whatever it is, the next day you have a whole new day to start over. You have a whole new blank slate that says, I'm going to make better choices today. And I just want people to give themselves grace and stop putting so much shame and guilt around eating. It's the best thing we do in the world. It fuels us. It keeps us healthy. It feeds our emotions. It should be a wonderful thing that is celebrated. And I'm so sick of people shaming and guilting themselves about what they eat. Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't champion that message anymore. Um, you know, my, um, my mom has a phrase, um, what do you call it? Uh, like painted on our wall. And it just says, today is the perfect day for a perfect yes. 
and you know every and i tell people this too even even breaking it down more than that when we talk about um you know i i slipped up keep going don't wait till tomorrow don't cut today off just keep going if you ate something bad for lunch okay you didn't eat nothing bad you ate for lunch that's what you did all right so these these psychological stigmas these triggers we have to reframe them and so we have to recharge them. We, you, you know, you talked about it earlier with the term cheat day or cheat meal. I don't have an aversion to that phrase, but because, uh, you know, I, to me, I know what it means. It just means like, for me, that's a reinforcer meal. Like if I'm really focused for a moment and working for a goal, for a short destination, for a health reason, I am going to be pretty strict on myself, but I know that I can, because I know my triggers. I know my boundaries. I know what, you know, I know what I'm doing sometimes, but <laughs> to the, you know, to the everyday person who's just trying to figure everything out. Cheat day could be one of those things that's so, you know, it's it's a black hole of restriction where, okay, I can finally have pizza. No, you can have pizza on Monday too. Right. You know, it's, it's not about Friday night at seven o'clock. I used to use uh, our cheat meal or what I would call my, uh, I used to have a thing on our platform that I would call free operant Fridays. And in the study of uh, applied behavior analysis, the idea of a free operant preference assessment is where we have a bunch of perceived reinforcers, things that might help increase the behavior. We don't know that they necessarily do, but they're, they're all available. Uh, and we're just going to keep an eye on how, wh- whichever ones that are approached the most and played with or, or used the most, yeah. that might be, that might be our reinforcer. So we're going to test that out first. So I always made the joke for our ABA folks, but it goes true for everybody else. Free operant Friday, whatever I'm feeling, that's what I'm having. And, you know, if I want to go uh, and, and do Fiesta Lamb Chicken at Chili's, which is pretty low in calories, pretty high in protein, I can crush that. If I want to go grab a greasy spoon meal at our local diner, I'm doing that, too, because it's a journey. Agreed. And I get to have fun. Right? And so I think if, if we could get that switched, if people could just focus, uh, and I know this is like asking for the moon and falling amongst the stars, but... I think our goal as coaches, if we would agree, I'm assuming that our goal isn't ultimately, I'm not here to make you lose weight. Mm -mm. I'm not here to, I'm not even here to to teach you uh, how to cook one meal, right? I'm here to give you skills that change a lifestyle habit. Meaning when you leave me, you don't need me again, Mm -hmm. right? You're going to be able to say, you know what? Uh, I, you know, I lost weight, but that I learned that that wasn't what I wanted. Right. What I wanted to was I, like how I did it. So the reason why I exist, uh, why our platform exists, because when I started losing weight, I had a, I had somebody, a coach walking me through things and they were teaching me how to cook. So I had to go uh, look up, you know, recipes. And what I started doing was swapping one for one. So when one of my own behavior change methods was to find like the the fast food that I crave the most, I found um, a way to make it at home a little bit healthier just to start. It didn't have to be perfect, a little bit healthier right. and, and under 30 minutes. And so when I knew that I had the, it wasn't super expensive for me on time to do it when I was reinforcing to do it and my wife really liked it and I still got to enjoy my food and I was losing weight. I was hitting my goals. I learned like, oh man, I can, I can really do this. And then I can also still have that thing. I still had, you know, I love uh, where, where I live. We have a rallies like two minutes away. I love rallies. It's definitely not the top of the food chain for, you know, healthy food. But if I'm feeling it, you know, I, if, if I know this is where we talk about, you were talking about it earlier, planning, environmental arrangement, what we call it, or, or pre-planning the idea that, all right, so tonight I'm going to eat an expensive caloric meal, right? 
And for me right now, calories are important. I personally, on my journey to, you know, I'm having a, everybody knows that we're having a, a baby soon. So I'm trying to dial in on a couple of things that I know I won't be able to hit while, you know, we're adjusting to that whole new part of life. And so I'm trying to do some pre-work to focus on one of my goals is, is a, is a caloric deficit right now, but that's just for a time. And so in doing that, that shifts my thinking. And so if I know, but I still eat what I want. So if I'm going to eat rallies, I'm still going to have rallies. You know, let's say I have rallies tonight. Now that I've talked about it, I might, I might go have rallies tonight. The rest of today, I might, like you said, I might fuel myself for that, right? I'm going to fuel myself with good quality fats, good quality proteins. I'm not going to hit much carbs for myself because like I just said, I hold water with carbs. So I know rallies is going to be my carbs. I'm going to save my carbs for where I want them. So when, when you start learning, and I'm sure you, you can say, you speak to this as well. When you as a person start learning what works for you, and, and, what, and what doesn't, there's a little more confidence in what you're able to do, right? So if I know I'm going out, I know carbs are heavy on me and I know, uh, um, you know I'm going to save those for that meal. That way, when I eat them, I'm, there's no guilt. Uh, I'm enjoying them. Like you said, eating is, is supposed to be something we enjoy. You right. didn't say, you, and you didn't say it, you didn't say healthy eating. You said eating because uh, right. we're going to eat healthy 80% of the time hopefully 90% of the time, but we're shooting for an 80% to 20% ratio. So regardless of where we're at in that ratio, we want that food to be enjoyable. Agreed. And that, and the reason that I do what I do is because we all have to eat and we can't eat out all the time. It's we can't. And so my job is to show people that cooking healthy can be simple and quick and, and still have, and still be delicious. Yes. And the benefits it has on your body, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know for sure. Well, I know some of the things we were talking about off uh, off air. You were interested. Uh, one of your passions is how inflammation uh, plays its way into our our daily life with the foods we eat. You talked about it in your introduction, where you didn't recognize that you were having these. Like they were just. You thought this is how it goes. You're you're psychologically adapted to these things. Where ah, nah, I just cramp when I eat dairy. You know, right. I don't know if that's, that's for you, but that's where a lot of people, I just, my stomach just cramps when I eat dairy. What if there's a, a lactose intolerant issue or, you know, if there's a protein issue uh, in there that, you know, you need to get, I don't know if it's tested or whatever. I know. You, I, so I'm going to, I'm going to stop. This isn't my area of expertise. This seems to be something you work on. So I'm going to stop speculating and let you kind of walk us through, um, you know, things to look out for or uh, ways that we yeah. can check on those inflammation things. You know, if somebody's got one, they might not know about it. What would you say to them? So this is my biggest soapbox topic and why I do what I do. Um, there's two types of inflammation. There's acute inflammation when you sprain your ankle or, or your wrist and it swells. That's good. That's your body running to that area and trying to heal it as fast as possible. Then we have the other kind of inflammation, which is called chronic inflammation. And that is when our body is in this constant fight or flight mode. And we get chronic inflammation with lots of things, toxins in the air. Uh, we uh, stress, lack of sleep and poor diet. Poor diet is the one thing out of those four that we can 100% control. So um, when you chronic inflammation, a lot of people do not know this, but if you dumb it way down and go way back, chronic inflammation is the root of most disease. It's when our body gets in this chronic state and it finally gives up and it it waves this big white flag at us and our body says, I can't do this anymore. I'm not fighting this inflammation anymore. You're not helping me get rid of this inflammation and I'm done. And when that happens, your body starts, the cells in your body start getting very weak and dying. And when your cells get weak, that's when you get sick. That's where cancer comes from. That's where Alzheimer's, diabetes, it all happens because you have weak cells. And so chronic inflammation is the main reason that we have weak cells. So 
And I believe that our diet is such a huge way to control that inflammation in our body. And people ask me all the time, well, what should I be eating? Well, it's not always just what you should be eating. It's what you should be also trying to eliminate. So there's foods that cause inflammation and there's foods that reduce inflammation. And I like to get in that perfect little platform of eating where you're lowering the inflammatory foods and increasing the anti-inflammatory foods. And that is my biggest topic of why I do what I do, because if people will really watch the inflammation and the foods that they're eating, they will be shocked at how many of their symptoms will go away just by doing that. So I believe, um, there, you know, all of my recipes, um, promote an anti-inflammatory diet because, uh, we have enough going on in our life. We can't always control the stress. We can try. We can't always control the toxins. We can try. We can't always control the lack of sleep and we can try but we can always control what we eat. So that's uh, my inflammation soapbox topic. <laughs> Man, that was like, you, you took us to inflammation church. That was a, that was a sermon. Um, so I I'm going gonna, gonna to put you on the spot here real quick and say, give me uh, just in general, no, no yeah. specific sure. ideas, but give me your top, your top five or 10, whatever you feel like um, anti-inflammatory foods that we should be looking at on the, what, what should the normal diet be consisting of for going towards an anti-inflammatory, uh, uh, result? Yeah. So great question. Um, there's a few foods that are at the top. So your leafy greens and your cruciferous vegetables, all of those are loaded with anti-inflammatory properties. So the greener, the better. And then of course, um, berries are very high on the antioxidant and anti-inflammatory list. And then surprisingly, coconuts, everything in the coconut, the water, the meat, the oil, all of it, coconut milk, all of it is very anti-inflammatory. And then um, one of the spice, two spices that are very anti-inflammatory, turmeric, as everyone knows, because we're putting, a, there's a lot of turmeric supplements now, um, but turmeric is high in the spice one and cinnamon, believe it or not, cinnamon, which I put in everything. I put it in my smoothies. I put it in my breakfast. I put it in my Anything that's sweet, I put cinnamon in it because it is loaded with anti-inflammatory properties. So um, those are probably my top ones. And I just kind of generalized them because not everybody likes kale. So if you're eating a leafy green, it is anti-inflammatory. So whichever one you like, you want your taste buds to enjoy it, go for it. And then berries are real. Blueberries are probably the best antioxidant, anti-inflammatory food. Um, another really good one that people are, kind of, are really starting to get on the bandwagon with is chia seeds and flaxseed. And, but chia seeds, a lot of people don't know this, but chia seeds, you can't just put them in a smoothie and eat it. Chia seeds are real dense and they have to relax. So if you just put chia seeds in a smoothie or put them in some pudding and eat it, you're just pooping chia seeds. So you need them to relax. So you've got to at least soak them for 30 minutes. So if you're making a smoothie with chia seeds, just stick it in the fridge for 30 minutes, go take a shower or go work out or whatever, and then drink it because those nutrients will relax and then your body can absorb them. But mm. chia seeds are really high on the anti-inflammatory list as well. That's a, wow. You, you answered, you passed with flying colors. <laughs> that was great. I do good when I'm put on the spot, I guess. That's hey. Under pressure is where you need to be. It's where we all are most of the time anyway. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the world we live in lately? Everything's, I mean. everything's high pressure. Um, I am so super thankful that you generalized those uh, categories. So yeah. those, 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 those stimulus categories, as we call them, you know, those are things we can choose to get a, get a response out of something. We can, you know, do something with them. Um, leafy greens. It's not just kale, right? Right. Now, so here's, 
if you're listening, if you're in the car, hopefully you're nodding your head, you're pumped up like we are. Um, the whole idea here with what Shelly's doing, you might not be aware of, is she's trying to promote uh, sustainability. So we're promoting something. So if, if we just tell you to eat kale and blueberries, <laughs> we're giving you restriction, <laughs> right? So we're we're automatically promoting restrictive diets when we give you a diet plan as far as um, these are the foods you have to eat. Yes. Uh, Plus, if I'm not mistaken, most most of us that aren't dietitians or registered dietitians are legally frowned upon for giving a specific diet. Absolutely. Um, because that's not our expertise. We're not medically no. necessary for, you know, like you said earlier, outside of a medical diagnosis, you know, we're just here to help you live better. Um, Absolutely. It's not, it's not hard. You know, no. what, we, what we go to school for to learn um, is, is really, when you get done with it, Shelly, is it not basically common sense? It is. And I, I tell people all the time, I don't talk about the science and food. Number one, I'm not a registered dietitian. I'm going to leave that for them. But I don't talk about that because I believe we're so emotionally attached to food. Yes. I don't believe we're scientifically attached to food. We are emotionally attached to food. So I want to touch people on the emotional level and I want them to love the food that they eat. So it feeds their body. Well, I'm not trying to heal people. Uh, I'm not trying to diagnose people and I'm not trying to tell them what to eat specifically so they will be cured. I'm just giving them some motivation, inspiration, and encouragement to eat more fruits and vegetables and stop eating cereal. <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so in that regard, then what is it? Walk me through uh, in, a, in a quick rundown what it looks like to work with you. So let's say I come to you and I want to be a client. What's that look like? Well, I don't do one-on-one service anymore. And here's why I did it for a while and um, it didn't work for me because the accountability was there as far as I talk to you twice a month and I ask you how you're doing, but you have to want to change. You have to want to do the work. And I wasn't seeing that. And so when I went to a group environment, so all of my stuff is virtual. And when I, when I moved to a group environment where people are making the same foods, they're talking about the same recipes. They're asking the same questions. I see so much more success because Jane in Ohio is making my, uh, you know, my banana muffins and Cindy in Texas is making them too. And they, they're making them in a different way and they're talking about it. And you know what? Jane might've made the muffins. And then Cindy's like, well, heck, I haven't made those yet. I'm going to make those because I love the way that Jane did hers. And it's just like this community of nutrition fire because it's motivating people to get in their kitchen together, not at the same time, but it's all virtual and they can share ideas and ask questions and not be um, embarrassed or ashamed or feel like they can't be honest. And so um, my, when people want to work with me, I, I do a virtual recipe classes online um, and I also do corporate events. So I cook a lot for corporate uh, corporations and because they're all working from home, they're looking for virtual events and it's changed my business because I'm able to reach so many people and inspire so many people that are working from home and are forced to cook at home, but don't know how in the world to do that. So that's a really good avenue for me as well. But most of my stuff is group and it's all virtual and social media is a great way to kind of stay on top of anything that I have coming up because I post something every day. And so even if you don't have it in your budget to use my services, I offer so much free content online because my passion is to really help people just cook a little healthier. That's all. Just cook a little healthier. That's so awesome. Um, I love your approach and I'm, I'm really glad that during all this, you've been able to pivot and still inspire and, you know, at the end of the day, help, you know, sustain your family and everything. But at the at, at the end of it all, you've been able to continue to do what your values are. Uh, and, and that's to help people. 
it's weird because my when I started this business, I went to I went to my first school in seventeen. I, I made uh, my business is called Shelly Can Help, and I created Shelly Can Help into the the end of two thousand eighteen. So just a little over two years old. But when I very first started it in eighteen. My goal was to be 100% online then because my husband and I love to travel and we're in our mid forties and we're, we're, we're both self-employed. So we're, we're approaching a retirement and I don't want to be tied to a location. So um, yeah, that was my goal in 18. Isn't that funny? And then when, when COVID hit last year, I was like, this is for, it forced me to do exactly what my plan was all along. So it's been wonderful and it's been a great catalyst to force me into the online space, which is exactly where I wanted to be anyway. What a fantastic uh, story out of what's been a crazy uh, year and a half now. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's great to hear some success stories out of it. Yeah. I, I, I said that a few months ago in a blog or on a a Facebook post and somebody almost uh, ridiculed me for saying that COVID has been good and they misunderstood me. I was trying to put a positive spin on it because it hasn't all been bad. You know, we're very blessed to be healthy here. And, and my family has been incredibly blessed to um, to be to be healthy. However, it, it's not all bad. It has pivoted so many people into wonderful things like we are at home cooking more. We are spending more time with family and, th- and people like me and my husband's business has thrived. It's we're blessed. And I don't yeah. want to say COVID is a good thing. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it has been it's been a blessing in disguise in, on different levels for different people. Sure. It's, you know, it's, it's one thing to um, recognize the, the travesty that it is, but it's also a thing to focus on the small blessings it may afford you. You know, it's, it afforded me um, more time with my wife. Isn't that um, great? And that to me, that was one of my, you know, that's always been my biggest value but I haven't always been able to practice that biggest value due to other, you know, extemporaneous reasons. And so when life forced us to be together, that was, yeah, I, we quarantined together and I can't believe how much Netflix we watched and how much time we spent together. And it's, it's honestly the two week span is something I'll cherish, um, you know, our entire marriage, uh, our I love entire that. lives because I did that, you know, COVID stinks, the whole situation, everybody listening, we're all affected by it in some way on different levels, some more than others. And it stinks overall. But if we just focus on that, if we only focus on what stinks, um, man, everything else is going to start to stink a little bit, you know? Agree. It's it's like putting dirty clothes in with fresh clothes. If you don't, (laughs) eventually the smell is going to get through everything, no matter how many times you wash the, the fresh ones. If you don't clean it all, you know, it's not going to stay clean. That might be a terrible yep. analogy. I don't know if that lands with I anybody. I like it. But uh, <laughs> it was off the top of the dome. So but the, uh, <laughs> there are blessings here. And, yeah. um, you know, Shelly is a, a great example of that. And I'm hoping if you're listening and, and you're in the entrepreneur, entrepreneurial space, uh, you know, maybe this is your your launching pad. Maybe this is your ticket to tell yourself, go ahead. Um, you know, do it. You, yeah, whatever you're going to do, you know, you only get one life. I think Don't wait. These evident these events in the last year, uh, there are too many to list. They've they've shown us that life is there's brevity. It's really it's really small, and so let's make the most of it. And that, that uh, yeah, goes. that's one thing that my husband's heart attack taught us. Don't wait. Yeah. Don't right. wait. It, after his heart attack, we sold everything we owned, our home, two of our businesses. We bought an RV and we took off for a year in our early forties. Like, that's don't amazing. wait. Just do, do yeah, it. The, man, I hope this inspires you. Um, Shelly, this has been such an awesome conversation and I never got the chance to give you the plug. Tell everybody where to find you. 
Oh, yeah. So I'm at Shelly Can Help on all social platforms, mainly Facebook and Instagram, but I'm also on Pinterest, um, YouTube and LinkedIn. So and ShellyCanHelp.com. And it's you can see it in the show notes, I'm sure, but it's Shelly with an E-Y. So yeah, follow me. Let me inspire you. Let me motivate you. I post recipes all the time. And then I have a closed Facebook group that's super fun. It's uh, the Healthy Hub with Shelly. And I post recipes in there every week. People are posting food pictures. It's a great positive community around healthy eating. We will make sure to link uh, all that in the show notes too. So awesome. It's digital and they're, you know, on their phone, listening to Spotify or, you know, we're, I, gosh, we're on, I think nine platforms. So if anybody's oh, listening throughout there. I have click. a free masterclass coming up at the end of January. Um, awesome. And it's all about healthy meal prepping and meal planning. So people can go to shellycanhelp.com forward slash masterclass to register for that. It's completely free and it's all virtual. Yeah. So I'm going to have you email me all that stuff so I can put it Perfect. all in, in the show notes. Um, if you're listening to this after, uh, clearly after we've recorded, but um, if, if you're interested in any of those, please check the show notes, um, check our, our socials. You guys know where to find us. Um, we're on uh, Instagram and um, Facebook, mostly at, at behavior chef. Um, we are behavior chef.com the behavior chef at gmail.com. We're on TikTok as well. Um, BX Chef Clint is my name. So follow us for those little, you know, nuances. But uh, man, I am so excited. And um, what a great conversation this has been. And I hope, um, you know, with the last episode, if you were able to listen, if not, go back and listen to um, the episode with Chris when we talked about discussions for the new year and coupling it with this and Shelly talking about how to keep those, that, the momentum going and keep those little behaviors moving. I hope that we're able to inspire you. And if we do, please uh, like and share. Give us a, a review. If you're on Apple iTunes, we'd love to see some more. Uh, just get the word out there. And, you know, Shelly, again, thank you for coming on. And everybody listening, uh, I hope you're having a happy, safe new year. And uh, take care. Thank you so much for having me. Keep doing what you're doing, too. Thank you very much. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs>